Okay, everyone, it's time for the big reveal. <laughs> okay, here's your clues. <clears throat> Our guest today listened to Chip and Eric on a nine hour, nine, lower, nine, exactly. Okay, nine hour road trip back from Texas. Uh, Chip and I have worked with her in ministry for years and it's Jean. Those are your clues. <laughs> and now <laughs> it's Jean. Hi, everybody. Yeah, we're glad Jean's here. Jean, thank you for being on Chip and Eric and Friends. My pleasure. This is a great day to read the Bible because today we're going to be reading about the holy menu of the Israelites. Yes. Which is super important. I am pumped. Um, when I think of manna and quail from heaven in a modern sense, I think of people like Gloria and the Mueller's yeah. and Heike and all my other, Jean at one point, all the snack providers. <laughs> Michelle, you brought us snacks and I think uh, the Springsteads have brought us snacks. So you guys are like our manna and quail from heaven. So thanks. All right, so we are going to be reading today Exodus 16, 17, 18, and then John 18, no, John 13, that's it, 18 through 38. Okay. Yeah. I'm excited. I'm excited too. You nervous, Jean? A little bit. Okay. Don't yeah. be. Okay. I'm going to try. There's no names. Like, there's no long list. No of long names. names? So, yeah. list? Oh my God. I, I mean, I don't know that, but I'm assuming that. I was going to break into my Scottish accent <laughs> if, uh, if I had any hard names. <laughs> yes. The classic defense mechanism. <clears throat> yep. Yeah, I get it. All right. Here we go. Exodus chapter 16 manna and quail from heaven. Then the whole community of Israel set out from Elim and journeyed into the wilderness of Sin between Elim and Mount Sinai. They arrived there on the 15th day of the second month, one month after leaving the land of Egypt. There too, the whole community of Israel complained about Moses and Aaron. If only the Lord had killed us back in Egypt, they moaned. There we sat around pots filled with meat and ate bread, all the bread we wanted. But now you've brought us into this wilderness to starve us all to death. Then the Lord said to Moses, look, I'm going to rain down food from heaven for, for you. Each day, the people can go out and pick up as much food as they need for that day. I will test them in this to see whether or not they will follow my instructions. On the sixth day, they will gather food, and when they prepare it, there will be twice as much as usual. So Moses and Aaron said to all the people of Israel, By evening you will realize it was the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt. In the morning you will see the glory of the Lord, because he has heard your com complaints, which are against us, which are against him, not against us. What, what have we done that you should complain against us? Then Moses added, the Lord will give you meat to eat in the evening and bread to satisfy you in the morning, for he has heard all your complaints against him. What have we done? Yes, your complaints are against the Lord, not against us. Then Moses said to Aaron, announce this to the entire community of Israel. Present yourselves before the Lord, for he has heard your complaining. And as Aaron spoke to the whole community of Israel, they looked out toward the wilderness. There they could see the awesome glory of the Lord in the cloud. Then the Lord said to Moses, I have heard the Israelites' complaints. Now tell them, in the evening you will have meat to eat, and in the morning you will have all the bread you want. Then you will know that I am the Lord your God. That evening vast numbers of quail flew and, in, and covered the camp. And the next morning, the area around the camp was wet with dew. When the dew evaporated, a flaky substance as fine as frost blanketed the ground. The Israelites were puzzled when they saw it. What is it? They asked each other. They had no idea what it was. And Moses told them, it is the food the Lord has given you to eat. These are the Lord's instructions. 
Each household should gather as much as it needs. Pick up two quarts for each person in your tent. So the people of Israel did as they were told. Some gathered a lot, some only a little. Only a little. But when they measured it out, everyone had just enough. Those who gathered a lot had nothing left over, and those who gathered only a little had enough. Each family had just what it needed. Then Moses told them, do not keep any of it until morning. But some of them didn't listen and kept some of it until morning. But by then it was full of maggots and had a terrible smell. <laughs> Moses was very angry with them. After this, the people gathered the food morning by morning, each family according to its need. And as the sun became hot, the flakes they had not picked up melted and disappeared. On the sixth day, they gathered twice as much as usual, four quarts for each person instead of two. Then all the leaders of the community came and asked Moses for an explanation. He told them, this is what the Lord commanded. Tomorrow will be a day of complete rest, a holy Sabbath day set apart for the Lord. So bake or boil as much as you want today and set aside what is left for tomorrow. So they put some aside until morning, just as Moses had commanded. And in the morning, the leftover food was wholesome and good without maggots or odor. Whew. Moses said, eat this food today, for today is a Sabbath day dedicated to the Lord. There will be no food on the ground today. You may gather with the food for six days, but the seventh day is the Sabbath. There will be no food on the ground that day. Some of the people went out anyway on the seventh day, but they found no food. The Lord asked Moses, how long will these people refuse to obey my commands and instructions? They must realize that the Sabbath is the Lord's gift to you. That is why he gives you a two-day supply on the sixth day. So there will be enough for two days. On the Sabbath day, you must stay in each in your, you, ah, on the Sabbath day, you must each stay in your place. Do not go out to pick up food on the seventh day. So the people did not gather any food on the seventh day. The Israelites called the food manna. It was white like coriander seed, and it tasted like honey wafers. Then Moses said, This is what the Lord has commanded. Fill a two-quart container with manna to preserve it for your descendants. Then later generations will be able to see the food I gave you in the wilderness when I set you free from Egypt. Moses said to Aaron, Get a jar and fill it with two quarts of manna. Then put it in a sacred place before the Lord to preserve it for all future generations. Aaron did just as the Lord had commanded Moses. He eventually placed it in the Ark of the Covenant in front of the stone tablets inscribed with the terms of the covenant. So the people of Israel ate manna for 40 years until they arrived in the land where they would settle. They ate manna until they came to the border of the land of Canaan. The container used to measure the manna was an omer, which was one-tenth of an ephah, and it took about two quarts. It held about two quarts. Water from the rock. <clears throat> At the Lord's command, the whole oh, community... Real quick, this oh. is Exodus 17. Oh, right. Yep, go ahead. Exodus 17, water from the rock. At the Lord's command, the whole community of Israel left the wilderness of sin and moved from place to place. Eventually, they camped at, Rephid at Rephidim, but there was no water there for the people to drink. So once more, the people complained against Moses. Give us water to drink, they demanded. Quiet, Moses replied. Why are you complaining against me, and why are you testing the Lord? But tormented by thirst, they continued to argue with Moses. Why did you bring us out of Egypt? Are you trying to kill us, our children, and our livestock with thirst? Then Moses cried out to the Lord, What should I do with these people? They are ready to stone me. The Lord said to Moses, Walk out in front of the people. Take your staff, the one you used when you struck the water of the Nile, and call some of the elders of Israel to join you. I will stand before you on the rock at Mount Sinai. Strike the rock and water will come gushing out. Then the people will be able to drink. So Moses struck the, walk, struck the rock 
as he was told, and water gushed out as the elders looked on. Moses named the place Massa, which means test, and Meribah, which means arguing, because the people of Israel argued with Moses and tested the Lord by saying, is the Lord here with us or not? Israel defeats the Amalekites. While the people of Israel were still at Rephidim, the warriors of Amalek attacked them. Moses commanded to Joshua, commanded Joshua, choose some men to go out and fight the army of Amalek for us. Tomorrow I will stand at the top of the hill holding the staff of God in my hand. So Joshua did what Moses had commanded and fought the army of Amalek. Meanwhile, Moses, Aaron, and Hur climbed to the top of a nearby hill. As long as Moses held up the staff in his hand, the Israelites had the advantage. But whenever he dropped his hand, the Amalekites gained the advantage. Moses' arms soon became tired, so tired he could no longer hold them up. So Aaron and Hur found a stone for him to sit on. They each that he stood on each side of Moses, holding holding up his hands. So his hands held steady until sunset. As a result, Joshua overwhelmed the army of Amalek in battle. After the victory, the Lord instructed Moses, write down on write this down on a scroll as a permanent reminder and read it aloud to Joshua. I will erase the memory of Amalek from under heaven. Moses built an altar there and named it Yahweh Nisi, which means the Lord is my banner. He said, they have raised their fist against the Lord's throne. So now the Lord will be at war with Amalek generation after generation. Exodus 18, Jethro's visit to Moses. Moses' father-in-law, Jethro, the priest of Midian, heard about everything God had done for Moses and his people, the Israelites. He heard especially about how the Lord had rescued them from Egypt. Earlier, Moses had sent his wife Zipporah and his two sons back to Jethro, who had taken them in. Moses' first son was named Gershom, for Moses had said when the boy was born, I have been a foreigner in a foreign land. His second son was named Eliezer, for Moses had said, the God of my ancestors was my helper. He rescued me from the sword of Pharaoh. Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, now came to visit Moses in the wilderness. He brought Moses' wife and two sons with him, and they arrived while Moses and the people were camped near the mountain of God. Jethro had sent a message to Moses saying, I, Jethro, your father-in-law, am coming to see you with your wife and your two sons. So Moses went out to meet his father-in-law. He bowed low and kissed him. They asked about each other's welfare and then went into Moses' tent. Moses told his father-in-law everything the Lord had done to Pharaoh and Egypt on behalf of Israel. He also told about all the hardships they had experienced along the way and how the Lord had rescued his people from all their troubles. Jethro was delighted when he heard about all the good things the Lord had done for Israel. And as he rescued them, as, as he rescued them from the hand of the Egyptians, praise the Lord, Jethro said, for he has rescued you from the Egyptians and from Pharaoh. Yes, he has rescued Israel from the powerful hand of Egypt. I now know that the, God, that the Lord is greater than other, all other gods because he rescued his people from the oppression of the proud Egyptians. Then Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, brought a burnt offering and sacrifices to God. Aaron and all the elders of Israel came out and joined him in a sacrificial meal in God's presence. Jethro's wise advice. The next day, Moses took his seat to hear the people's disputes against each other. They waited before him from morning until evening. When Moses' father-in-law saw all that Moses was doing for the people, he asked, what are, what are you really accomplishing here? Why are you trying to do all this alone while everyone stands around you from morning till evening? Moses replied, because the people come to me to, to get a ruling from God. When a dispute arises, they come to me, and I'm the one who settles the case between the quarreling parties. I inform the people of God's decrees and give, him, give them his instructions. This is not good, 
Moses' father exclaimed. You're going to wear yourself out, and the people too. This job is too heavy a burden for you to handle all by yourself. Now listen to me, and let me give you a word of advice, and may God be with you. You should continue to be the people's representative before God, bringing their disputes to him. Teach them God's decrees and give them his instructions. Show them how to conduct their lives, but select from all the people some capable, honest men who fear God and hate bribes. Appoint them as leaders over groups of 1,000, 100, 50, and 10. They should always be available to solve the people's common disputes, but have them bring the major cases to you. Let the leaders decide the smaller matters themselves. They will help you carry the load, making the task easier for you. If you will follow this advice, and if God commands you to do so, you, then you will be able to endure the pressures, then you'll be able to endure the pressures, and all these people will go home in peace. Moses listened to his father-in-law's advice and followed his suggestions. He chose capable men from all over Israel and appointed them as leaders over the people. He put them in charge of groups of 1,000, 100, 50, and 10. These men were always available to solve the people's common dispute, disputes. They brought the major cases to Moses, but they took care of the smaller matters themselves. Soon after this, Moses said goodbye to his father-in-law, who returned to his own land. Awesome. Okay, so we're going to jump forward to the Gospel of John, chapter 13, verses 18, all the way down to the end of the chapter. 13, verse 18. Jesus predicts his betrayal. I'm not saying these things to all of you. I know the ones I've chosen. But this fulfills the scripture that says, The one who eats my food has turned against me. I tell you this beforehand, so that when it happens, you'll believe that I am the Messiah. I tell you the truth. Anyone who welcomes my messenger is welcoming me. And anyone who welcomes me is welcoming the Father who sent me. Now Jesus was deeply troubled, and he exclaimed, I tell you the truth, one of you will betray me. The disciples looked at each other, wondering whom he could mean. The disciple Jesus loved was sitting next to Jesus at the table. Simon Peter motioned to him to ask, who's he talking about? So that disciple leaned over to Jesus and asked, Lord, who is it? Jesus responded, it is the one to whom I give the bread I dip in the bowl. And then when he had dipped it, he gave it to Judas, son of Simon Iscariot. When Judas had eaten the bread, Satan entered him. Then Jesus told him, hurry and do what you're going to do. None of the others at the table knew what Jesus meant. Since Judas was their treasurer, some of them thought he was, Jesus was telling him to go and pay for the food or to give some money to the poor. So Ju Judas left at once, going out into the night. Jesus predicts Peter's denial. As soon as Judas left the room, Jesus said, The time has come for the Son of Man to enter into his glory, and God will be glorified because of him. And since God receives glory because of the Son, he will give his own glory to the Son, and he will do so at once. Dear children, I will be with you only a little longer. And as I told the Jewish leaders, you will search for me, but you can't come where I am going. So now I am giving you a new commandment. Love each other. Just as I have loved you, you should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. Simon Peter asked, Lord, where are you going? And Jesus replied, you can't go with me now, but you will follow me later. But why can't I come now, Lord? He asked. I am ready to die for you. Jesus answered, die for me? I tell you the truth, Peter. Before the rooster crows tomorrow morning, you will deny three times that you even know me. Woo. And that, that is, is our reading, reading today. today. Okay. That was good. Woo. That was long. That was great. You know, Chip would make fun of me because I looked at this beforehand and I went, boy, this is a long one. But I didn't say anything. Oh. Because Chip picks on me for that. 
I, I would probably just agree with you. Yeah. Yeah. And that's fine. It was. It was long, but it was great. So in your face, Chip. Gene agrees with me. Ah. Hey, so we read that moderately long or short or whatever reading. I mean, it's all, those are relative terms anyway. Yeah, like reading the whole Bible would be long, but reading the whole Bible twice would be twice as long. So like, mm. it's all relative. So relative. Anyway, we read that number of words and verses uh, with two questions <laughs> in mind. I don't know. And the questions are this, or these. How does this help me love God more or better? How does this help me love others more or better? So Gene. You want to go first? You no, know, I've been I've been dreading these questions. No, don't dread no. the questions. I mean the choice between them. Oh yes. Uh, yes. Um, wow. You know, I think I'm gonna go with how this makes me love God more. Okay. Which the, I mean, it all goes together. Yes. Um, I mean, that's what Jesus said too, right? Yeah. 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 Um, and I'm I'm trying to get to the uh, the verse that just just hit my brain and just went straight to connecting in the Old Testament, was in John, and it says um, in verse 20, it says, I tell you the truth, anyone who welcomes my messenger is welcoming me, mm. and anyone who welcomes me is welcoming the Father who sent me. Mm -hmm. And I just think about Jethro coming to see Moses, oh, yeah. and, um, and how um, the word had gotten to Jethro where he was living of what God had done, and, um, and then he comes and he visits with Moses, and Moses is like glorifying God through all the things that they've been through sure. and Jethro believes. And, yeah. it, and so here's Moses welcoming Jethro, but really Jethro is welcoming God yeah. in that moment. That's cool. And so um, just seeing that kind of tie together just gives me such joy for the father because God wants us to welcome him and he wants us to believe. And he gives us so many avenues to do that. Yeah. And, and I mean, there's, oh, we have the Old Testament, that passage, there's so much in there that I, want to talk about absolutely that's my big hey, nugget listen the the longest episode i think we've had was like 25 minutes so like we got time to oh, nerd sweet. out after. Awesome. after yeah don't worry okay okay so that's how does this help you love god more and so how would you boil that down god wants us to welcome um, him yeah god wants us to welcome him okay because he loves us i like to write these down that's awesome. Can you believe that? That but I actually I keep track of things? That is that is pretty good. It's shocking. I should have brought my notebook. It's fine. My parents bought me this nice Bible. Big shout out. Okay, so how does this help me love others more? Look, I like to tell this story sometimes, but I've never told it in this context. <laughs> when Micah was first born, he, like all babies, wouldn't sleep through the night. The deal was, though, I was working at the hospital in our town that we lived in at the time in Massachusetts. And I, my shift was 3 a.m. to 3 p.m. And so I would show up for my shift after, and Hannah did great taking care of him on the nights that I was working. But like, still, you know, like, even if she gets up with him, I still wake up every time. So I would be exhausted all the time. And I made friends with everybody in the hospital because I love talking to people. And so I was talking to somebody, um, her name was Lynn. And she was like, can I just give you some unsolicited advice? And she told me something that changed everything. Mm. She said, just because he cries at night doesn't mean you have to feed him at night. Mm. At four weeks, Micah started sleeping through the night because <laughs> we stopped feeding him at night. Wow. Same with Phoebe. Yeah. Four weeks, slept through the night. And there's parents out there going, you suck. Um, <laughs> it's fine. My point is, yeah. she did something that normally... Like if you just walked up to a parent and was like, can I give you some advice about your kid? 
totally 100% rude, unwelcome, not allowed, right? Right. But because Lynn and I had this relationship and her advice was coming from a place of deeply caring about me, mm -hmm. I could receive that advice and not be like, what are you saying? I'm a bad dad. Like, you know, like none of that. Yeah. Yeah. Jethro and Moses have that same deal going on. Jethro has been caring for Moses' wife and kids while Moses is out doing ministry. Yeah. Right. And so when Jethro shows up, he said, you know, the, the unspoken thing is, look, I'm invested here. Mm -hmm. I've been supporting you. I believe he leads with, I believe, yeah. you know, I've seen what God's done. And so because of that, Jethro, who's been a priest, he's been in a religious leadership position, says, Moses, let me give you some advice. And Moses isn't like, oh, you're attacking my leadership. And you're saying, you know, no, there's none of that. He maintains the same humility that he had at the burning bush where he says, like, I don't know what I'm doing. And Jethro comes in and says, look, here, let me give you some advice. Do this. He does it. It works. So how can I love others better? One, get off my high horse and hear the advice people give me. It doesn't mean I have to take all the advice that people give me, but just hear it and don't be offended and don't be like, you know, oh my gosh, they're attacking my character because they're giving advice. Sometimes advice comes from a place of love. It comes from a place of, I care so much about you that I don't want you to burn out. I don't want the people to have their needs unmet. I want to see you succeed. So I'm going to give you this advice, right? Same as Lynn at the hospital, same deal. Um, so I can love others better by taking their advice and I can love others better by being bold and giving advice sometimes yeah. from a place of love, from a place of mutual respect and a place of, look, this starts at God, I believe, right? Starts at God and then it works down to, but I think this is something that you need, you know? So that's how I think I can love others better from this passage. I want to talk real quickly about a Bible nerd thing and then you still have some time to talk about your, yeah. you know, verses that stood out. Uh, Yahweh Nisi, this stands out to me. The Lord is my banner. Mm. Um, in that time, <laughs> the armies would use banners to communicate like movement and oh. like, hey, this is our group over here because everybody kind of looks the same. There were no uniforms, so they had banners that they would rally around, yeah. right? So these are the Amalekites over here with their banner. The banner that Moses held up was just a stick. <laughs> and I love that. And then he names the altar, the Lord is my banner. Mm. He was on that stick. Like, here's my empty stick. Yeah. That's the banner we have, yeah. right? I just love that. And so actually I preached on that I don't know when it was, a while ago, whenever we did the Exodus series that we did. And I kept the stick. That stick is still in my office because I just love it. Like, it reminds me, like, I don't have to have a big banner. Mm -hmm. The Lord is my banner. Yeah. You know, he goes before me. He's, you know, as long as he's lifted up, there's victory. Exactly. So I love that. That's one of the things I absolutely love about that. That is so that. good. Cool. Okay. What, it, what stood out to you? What else? You can go ahead. Well, I mean, I love um, I love reading through the manna and the quail from heaven story mm -hmm. um, because it one it just it kind of highlights our neediness and then kind of our lack of self control <laughs> when it comes to when we mm -hmm. when we feel like we don't have what we need or we're hungry or we're thirsty and um, and God hears those cries and I think you know it, when we are in a place of discomfort you know, we look towards God more. And um, that's a that's not the ideal place for us to be. We should always be looking to God regardless of want or plenty. Yeah. But um, it is a gift from God when we don't have what we need um, in, in, the, in the immediate so that we are looking to him. Because if we aren't looking to him, there's a problem. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, and, and then it's followed by God provides. Yeah. And I love that he just provides by like 
flakes on the ground. Yeah. I just think that's so astounding. I always picture frosted flakes. It's not too? correct. No. It's not correct. But still. Yeah. Um, yeah, just uh, the, and the abundance of it. And yet people could be, you know, they could gather a lot or they could gather a little and they still had what they needed. Yeah, I would only gather a little. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I might be the person that gathers a lot. I think after I learned that I could gather a little, I would never gather a lot. Is that right? I mean, like, yeah. I'm overwhelmingly lazy. Like, I'm going to take the short trip. If it's going to give me enough, no matter what I do, mm-hmm. I'm going to gather a little. What I love about this manna and quail thing is God could have made roasted quail show up in their homes. Mm-hmm. He could have made jars of full jars of manna appear yeah. in their homes. But there's an expectation. Yeah. I'll give, but you have to go get it. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I'm going to provide... But you don't just get to sit there with your feet up. There's work to be done. And I think that that speaks spiritually about us today, that everything we need to thrive yeah. is there. Absolutely. But we can't just sit there and expect that God's going to just kind of like dump knowledge in our brain. Like all the people who are listening right now, you are doing this because you want the knowledge that God has for you that's from the Word of God. Like you want to know what He wants you to know. So I love that. Like I think that's a really early picture of, hey, I'm not going to do this all for you. God partners with people. So that's the involvement part too. Yeah, absolutely. But I love that. And you see yeah. that with Jethro as well, you know, the, the structure of even how um, how we are to go and minister to people. Yep. You know, we're not supposed to be one person like doing it all. Right. But involving a team of people and, and sharing the load and sharing the joy. Yep. Um such yep. yeah, it's so good. Cool. Well, thank you, Jean, for being here and reading the Bible with us. My Guys, pleasure. give Jean some love on Facebook and um, yeah. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's a pleasure. It's been it's happy. a lot of fun. I don't get to see you as much anymore, so this is cool. I know. It's a good thing. This is the sound of me shutting my Bible. <laughs> this is the sound of me closing my phone. Wow. <laughs> a lot less dramatic. <laughs> but that's okay. It's not, you know, <clears throat> it's not all about the flare. So it's a little about the flare, Gene. Next time you're going to need to bring, you know what? You need to bring one of those big family Bibles. Oh, I have one of those. I don't think they make them in New Living Translation. It doesn't <laughs> seem like their style. But yeah. No, but if I read out of it, I could I could break out that Scottish accent oh, a wee bit. Oh no, it's <laughs> happening. I'm out.